Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. Join me as we have a real life discussion on how to change your life by changing your thoughts. Remember, question everything, trust yourself, and find your truth. Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. My name is Sloan Fremont, and I'm your host. This week, I'm welcoming back one of our regular guests and one of my favorite guests, Dr. Erhard Vogel, for another amazing conversation. And I think you're really going to like this topic this week because we're talking about creating what we speak, the title of the show. Um, But before we get into that, I want to share just a little bit about Dr. Vogel. If you're new to him, if you haven't listened to any of our past conversations, uh, Erhard is recognized as one of the foremost meditation and self-realization teachers in the world. He is the founder of the Nataraja Yoga Ashram in San Diego. Erhard's teachings are a unique combination of time-tested wisdom and pragmatic method. His fundamental experiential and systematic approach is based upon sound psychological, physiological, and spiritual principles that make meditation and self-realization practical and attainable. And I think if you've listened to any of our previous episodes, you you can probably recognize that in in what we talk about on here and the way Erhard, um, and what Erhard shares with us. He teaches not from books or other people's ideas, but from his own profound life and experience. And his most recent book is called The Dialogue with Death, The Teacher of Life, an ancient story for the modern world. Erhard, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, Sloan. So I want to start off the show today asking the listeners some questions. And we talk a lot, we've talked in our previous interviews about experiencing, what it means to actually experience something. And so I want to put this challenge to the listeners before we start our episode today, how you can actually, if you would actually like to experience this conversation, right? And would you like to be engaged in a process that will give you the tools, the the understanding and the way, almost a way of of life to respond to the signals you get internally in your own own system. And so I wanna start out putting that challenge out today to the listeners. Erhard, what would you like to add to that? Well, when you talk about being engaged, right? It depends on which level you want to be engaged. Right. Uh, the one level is, I, I guess, the most superficial I can think of right now is where you are listening to the words, to what is being discussed, and it's going into your ears, into one ear and out the other, as we right. say. Right? So it's just an auditory event that took place. The next is to let it go into your ears and from there to your mind. Mm-hmm. But then the mind can the mind can be part of the listening process and really not even absorb it. Mm-hmm. It just becomes part of the clutter of noises that the mind has taken in. Right? Right. So then the next step would be for the mind to register it. But that's still enough, not enough. Next is to register it and bring it to you, the listener who is present to her or himself. Right. Do you see what I mean by that? I do. I do. So, so that way then, and then the next step is not just keep it 
in the mental level, but in your core, in your being, experience it. So what we're talking about, you're not only getting the words or their meanings even, but experiencing what that is like. Right now you could experience what it is like to listen and hear and absorb and experience. Right. How do you do that? Well, you have to be focused with you in your center, with the idea of you, the conscious being, being the recipient. Yes. And I've often said during our conversations that when I am experiencing these conversations, I feel it internally. I sometimes I felt a release, like in my stomach area. Sometimes I felt like uh, my shoulders relaxed. Sometimes I felt it in my head. Sometimes I've even felt it after our conversations. So experiencing, experiencing is so much more than listening mindlessly as you're doing something else. It's a completely different way of, of experiencing something. Or even listening mindfully. Mm -hmm. You see, this is the thing is mindfulness is not enough yet. You want to go have what the mind absorbs, then the mind needs to relate that to the being who owns the mind. Yes. Yes. And I remember when we first, when we had our first conversation and and you talked about that, about that's your, um, when you're teaching, that's what you tell your students. You don't want them to just take your word for it, right? You want them to experience it. And over these conversations, my understanding of experiencing something has has grown, it's changed. And I'm hoping the listeners are are feeling the same thing with these conversations. And using the word mindful or mindfulness, right? That's a a common term in the, let's say like the yoga space or some of the- that's become common in the last few years. Yes, yes. it's the name for methodology, but it's, it's, uh, it's usually considered mindful meditation, which is almost an oxymoron because as long as the mind is full <laughs> and doing the meditation, then it's not meditation yet. It's not the experience yet. It's a mental experience. Well, I guess you could say that's an experience, but it's just meant on the mental level. Yeah. Yes. Whereas, and what I was what we're talking about is the whole being level, the whole being, the sub substantive being, the real being that you are is exper- it's absorbing it, taking it in, and knowing it, experiencing it. And once you're in touch with that real being that you are, you will be in touch with the inner knower whom you can trust absolutely. Because once you know something with the inner knower, you know it to be so. Right. It's yes. not yes, it's not a theory, it's not a belief. You know it is so. Yes, and what I was going to say about the the using the word mindfulness and versus the word experience is experience to me is such a, a better word to describe what it is that is going on um, because that word mindful and I think I've talked about this before and you even said your mind is full but to me I've had this you know it's always been in my head and never 
connected to my body. I think I even explained it one time where I felt like my head was kind of a balloon floating in space, disconnected from my body, right? Because I was so in my head, I wasn't having the experience within my body. But it, through our conversations and being able to understand this, grow in my understanding of it, um, I love the word experience because it fully captures what's what's going on and in, in the in what we're talking about in these conversations. Yes, right. Yeah. Um, so today I wanted to start out by talking about a comment we got from a listener on our last episode. Our, if you haven't listened to our last episode, it was we were talking about resistances and how, and how we create our own resistances. And that was an excellent conversation as all of our conversation has been. Um, but we got a comment from a listener and I wanna encourage everybody listening today. If you have comments, if you have questions about anything that we're talking about here, please let us know. We, I've, I'll provide our email addresses in the show notes, but you're always free to comment on any of our videos on social media or any of our other social media posts, because we really want to hear from you and we really want to be able to answer your questions and help you grow uh, on your journey. So the comment we got was, I noticed that when my pain level is high, I tend to disassociate with everything, including myself. It's truly an unempowering strategy, but it's survival sometimes. What are your thoughts on that? Oh my God. But you know, we just laid the groundwork to the answer. Mm -hmm. The unempowered state, that's a good observation. It is the most unempowered state you can give yourself because you leave yourself out of the equation. Right. That's what, what the person is saying, that she left, she goes, is it a she or he? Uh, I'm not sure which. Yeah. So the person goes, uh, it's like deserting himself, herself, themselves, deserting themselves. Uh, when, when there is a challenge or a difficulty, right? right. And that's when you, well, you always need to be empowered, you need to be in touch with the being that you are, not to desert the being that you are. You see, you need to be right. in that experience. And when you're in that experience of the being that you are, no matter what comes to you, you are able to handle it with equanimity. That mm -hmm. is balance. In that lies strength, in that lies security, and that you can even learn to feel certainty of your ability to handle any situation that comes your way. Because the important thing is not the situation, it's the fact that you are in the experience of the most important thing that you're in this life for, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. the most important thing is for you to experience yourself in this life. Right. That's what this life is for. Right. And so pain, pain, I could, I could feel for this person in this comment because pain is, um, to me, a little, it, when I've experienced pain in my own life, whether it be physical or my own self-imposed mental pain, um, 
experiencing pain is not something most people are used to. We're taught as from young ages, and it's it's common to run from the pain, and that can be done in several many many ways, right? Through medication, through um, drugs or alcohol, or many other things. And so, being in physical pain and experiencing yourself um, is is uh, I, I think probably can be very difficult the first time you do it. Let's say, um, what what are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm not quite sure what you mean by experiencing pain and being within yourself. And that's where the difficulty lies. What I mean is if you're in, let's say you have a chronic pain. I don't know. Let's say you have something like migraine. Let's say. Yeah. yeah. But when you're, okay. So you have an option to either escape from yourself as if thereby you could escape feeling the pain so strongly. Right. right. But that doesn't work. It never works. Right. Uh, you might want, you might try to dull the pain with alcohol or drugs or things like that. And then you can assess how is that working for me? Right. Mm -hmm. And probably you'll come to the answer ultimately not. Right. Okay? So then the only choice you have left is to let yourself be in the experience of you the being that you are being right now experiencing this moment of being followed by the next and the next see what happens your focus goes to that not to the experience of the pain mm, yes i see mm -hmm. but when you insist oh no but what if the pain is so intense well the same thing applies by focusing on the intensity of the pain that's all you're then aware of. Right, right. Or denying the pain doesn't work either. Or covering up the pain ultimately doesn't work either. So again, you're left with the option. Instead of focusing on the experience of the intensity of this pain, let me focus on the experience that I am. So I'm experiencing that. I'm focusing on that. And little by little, the focus becomes so strong that the focus on the pain is removed. Right? I see. Doesn't yes. that make sense? It does make sense. And I'm thinking so that, of... Excuse me, Sloan. That's, again, in order to get this, you need to go along in yes. your experience of that. Even if you're not having the pain, you can imagine in your experience if you had pain and you focus on that and how that... Yes. Uh, strengthens the experience of the pain whereas yes. when you focus on being and the power of being then you strengthen the experience of that can we help the listeners a little bit with some of the maybe shifting their thoughts if they're in a situation like this with pain because i can imagine if someone has been in chronic pain and they want to do this they want to shift into something different and focus on themselves um the the mind will probably I'm guessing for most people be on autopilot of, of the pain. This pain is so intense. This pain hurts so bad. Why do I have this pain? Right. Could you help the listeners maybe with some reframing of being able to center, focus on their own being instead of focusing on the pain? So what you're saying is in that case that you're stating, the person is not in control of their mind. It could be. Yes. 
that would be the common situation. The, in, right. the pain is so intense. Well, it's not because the pain is so intense. It's because you have not cultivated a relationship of your mind where you're in charge mm -hmm. and have the mind working for you. Yes. If, if you had cultivated that, and it doesn't have to be cultivated just because of pain or so, right. it can be cultivated all the time to have your mind placed where you decide it yeah. to be, not yeah. going from object to object, situation to situation all over the place and leaving you behind. Right. What I love about that is taking that control back, that reminder, that constant reminder to ourselves of taking the control back. I right. focus my mind. My mind goes in the direction I want it to go. Right. And that taking the control back is something that you have to exercise, that right. you have to practice, and you have to know what, what to do about that. That's why right. I call this, this approach that I'm, I'm teaching is called the Expert in Life Program. Mm -hmm. So it's an expert in life approach. It's so as an expert in life, you're in charge of your mind. You understand right. the mind. You are able to have your mind feel very secure and pleasured, pleasured by finally doing what it is designed for. So then, then the mind feels at peace and yes. it feels good because it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. Yes. Yes. I love it. It's a, it's a, um, it's, I, again, I can feel that relief, relief in my own body as we're talking about this, because I'm, th I'm, you know, thinking about this and talking through it. I was putting myself in the position of, you know, just thinking what it would feel like in that reminder of pulling or bringing, bringing the control back to us, especially with anything. If pain is the example right now, but it, it, we often are, we, it's so for many people, and I, I've heard this throughout the years on the show and, and friends I've talked to, um, we forget how much power we have. And that's something I, I talk about a lot on the show. And, and it's a constant reminder, even to my own self, we forget how much power we have, but we have the power. We get to direct our mind. We get to be in our body and experience our body. And end of story. That That's when, once you make that decision, once yeah, you come to that realization. Sloan, I've, I've meant to say this to you before. It's not just being in the body. The body is just one facet of us, mm -hmm. just like the mind is and the feelings and the emotions and the senses. They're all our instruments. Right. What I always say, but there is somebody in there. <laughs> that's right. the you, that's the energy, that's the power of being that I'm talking about. That is your real identity. That's who you really are, you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you're in touch with that, then your mind will work, will work for you and be in a harmonious relationship with you. And the same thing for the feelings and the emotions and the senses. Look, how few people know about their feelings. Right. And about their emotions. Right. They might have some, some idea of sensual <laughs> pursuits and delights or lacks but still not really be in touch with the senses functioning other than getting the results of when they have lack or whatever, you know? Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
Yeah, this this was a great question. So I want to thank the listener who uh, made this comment, and I want to encourage everyone else to keep your comments coming. Questions, comments, we're always open for them. So again, I mentioned earlier, um, you can comment on any of our social media, or I'll put our email addresses in the show notes if you would prefer to send us an email, and we'll do our best to answer your question on the next uh, on the next show. Well, um, our- let me just mention something about that, that that I consider really important. Sure. What you what you're just talking about is like with their comments, with listeners' comments, and so on. It's a way of participating, right? Not just being a listener, not just having words, but engaging in the action of participation. Right. So much of the time, we keep it all in the mind level. Well, I have these questions, I have these thoughts, I have these ideas, and they usually go not go very far. Right. Un- until you take actions, until you inform yourself to the ultimate degree and then act upon that. Right. Do you have consequences that are beneficial to you? Right. Yes, which leads right into our topic for this week of creating what you speak. We th- obviously that is the title of the podcast. I came up with that. Uh, it's been five years ago now because it was so important for me to, it, the changes I had been through in my life were just as you had talked about, there were things I wanted. There were different things that, um, that changes that I made within, but the action part, pulling that all together and being able to act on it. Um, once I saw that the, what I could do, once I saw my own power, once I saw once I, once I experienced me in that way, my life has never right. been the same, never been the same. Right, right. That's why I like the, 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 the subtitle of your show so much, Creating What You Speak. Because, I mean, I work like with, with students and people in therapy all the time. And I always end up saying, you know, what we say is only valuable when we use that as guides to our actions. Right. But if we just talk about it, it's worthless. And everybody can know about that because we, we sure know how quickly we forget things. Right. You know, that we <laughs> mentally understood. Right. We forget. right. So they don't really give us any benefit. Mm-hmm. All the knowledge in the world is worthless unless you have it inform your actions and inspire and direct your actions. It's, it reminds me of the, oh, I don't know. There's several, when people talk about doing something or, or waiting for something to happen, right? And in, in the joke was always like somebody who wants a relationship, you know, the, the man or the woman isn't just going to come knocking on your door, right? You have to get out there and do something about it, right? You have to go on dates. Yeah. You have to do things to meet people, you know, whatever it might be. And, and, and that's life, right? We, we can sit and talk and theorize and, and, and tell you everything you need to know, but unless you do something and experience it for yourself, um, you're not finishing the other part of the equation, right? There's, there's the, the personal responsibility that is required in this life to get, to get what you want. And I think sometimes people are afraid to act. People are afraid to do the wrong. There's many reasons why people don't act, but the action part is the important, is, is the, is the important part. And that's what we wanted to talk more about today. Right. I, I use the example, uh, what, what if your lover were to say, uh, what if a person 
who th you think you have a relationship with says to you, well, honey, I love you uh, if, if you want me to. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That is such a passive, passive, it's not taking any responsibility, it's not taking any action. Would that be sufficient to you, I no. ask, from your lover? No, <laughs> absolutely not. Love relationship? No, it reminds me of like, um, <laughs> like, if you've ever shaken hands with somebody that you were excited to meet and they had like a dead fish handshake, like they barely, yeah, right. had, there was no energy there. You know, that's what that reminds me of. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, but when you relate to yourself in that dead fish way. Right. And now, but now pause for a moment. Do people do that? They do. <laughs> relate to yeah. themselves that way? Yes. You then you ask yourself, do I do that? Right. <laughs> and right. Then, but then it comes, do you tell yourself the truth or do you rationalize? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And rationalizing is just an impolite way of saying lying to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And that I love that dead fish analogy because I'm thinking about my own life here. And if there's areas of my life where maybe I do operate as a dead fish, right? Some areas I'm, I'm very... Um, action oriented. And I'm, I'm, you know, I really, I can make things move because through my actions, but in other areas, I think I do rationalize. And I think I do tell myself these stories to, um, for who know many reasons. Right. But that, that analogy is so, is so true for this, this topic today. I'm just thinking through it in my own life. Yeah. Yeah. So taking actions, I find according especially taking action according to what is very important to you and your life mm -hmm. uh, is very rare. People yeah. don't, people, they say that, you know, they go to a therapist for years and years and pay, pay tens of thousands of dollars and they, they go to the therapy and maybe they even go to a really good therapist, but if they don't take action, it's useless. Right. I was listening to somebody recently talking about, they posed the question, are you, are you a, like, is self-help study your life? Like, are you constantly in some sort of self-help study, but you're ever never actually taking what you learn and applying it, right? You're, you're always, you're just always seeking for the next thing that you need to improve yourself, but you're not experiencing life and you're not doing things and getting out there. And part of life is making mistakes. Part of life is, is messing up. And, um, I talked, a couple of years ago, I, I gave this example of uh, myself experiencing life when I entered into a dance competition. It was a six week competition where every week we learned a new dance and we only oh, had a nice. week to learn it. And we had to perform in front of people, a lot of people, and you had yeah. a different partner every week. So you had to get the different dynamic there. Um, some weeks were really bad. Some weeks were really awesome. But my whole point in doing that when I, when I got myself out there and did that was I wanted to, I wanted to do this. I wanted to experience this. I, I love dance and I wanted to, I, I wanted to do this so, so much that I, I took action and I enrolled and I did it. And what I found at the end of that, it was so amazing to me how many people said to me, oh, I would never do that. I would never do something like that. Yeah. And how afraid people were to live, how afraid people were to get out there and learn dance moves in front of other people or practice dance moves, right? They were so yeah. afraid to do that. That was right. so surprising to me. And you gave yourself a challenge and it had its ups and downs, 
but after a while I'm, I would bet you even enjoyed the challenge, meeting the challenge of it. I did. I loved part that. Of the, part of the dynamic and part of the, the powerful pleasure of it. Yeah. I did. I loved, I loved the challenge. And I also loved being so proud of myself for getting out there and doing it because yeah. that it, it was um, way out of my comfort zone. It was, it was tiring, right? There was a lot of, um, a lot of practicing while most of us were also working full-time day jobs, you know, so we had to do this on nights and weekends, but getting up and doing that, I was so proud of myself for doing it. And so proud of, um, of everybody that I met too, that did it. Cause everybody was in the same boat. Um, but that's still something that stuck with me even since then. And what I find too, when, in these kinds of experiences, when we're able to push ourselves and we're able to, and I, I went through that, I experienced it. I didn't die. Right. I, I made some mistakes right. and, right. but I still lived my life that has helped me do other things that I didn't think I could do. Right. Or do other things where I felt like, Oh, I might be embarrassed here, or I might mess up in front of people. And then I was, my thought was, well, I danced and I did that. So how could this be any worse? You know? So it was very helpful in that way for me. Right. Right. And you found out that the concerns uh, were overcome by just by yourself doing it. It didn't really yeah. matter whether you had a bad partner or a good partner or whether you messed up or not. It didn't matter. You were engaged in that whole thrust of showing to yourself how you could do what you set out to do right that's the wonderful thing and then you had the experience of that there was a, a a possibility to constantly experience that you are being while you were dancing while you were getting to know the new partner while anything and everything right yes and that's and that's this this topic of creating what you speak and actually taking the creation part from speaking, because when I, when, I, when I came up with the title and I was thinking about how I wanted to set up the show, and this has been five years ago now, right? But the whole, I, I based that off of what I had did, and this was even prior to dancing, but it was how I had made a decision of what I wanted for my life. I got out of that perpetual seeking for self, seeking self-help and trying to constantly improve myself. And I took action and I did it. And the being able to do that, show it as you do these things and you, 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 you create, and you actually take the action, you start to have the experiences where you prove to yourself, you can keep doing it. And, and it gets easier along the way. That's what I found. It gets easier yeah. to do things that are out of my comfort zone, or that I think I have no idea if I can do this, but let's try it anyway. It gets easier to do. And, and, and so I bring this, this point up about dance and about and, and we're talking about the action part today because I want to encourage everybody listening. I know everybody listening has something in their mind that they want to take action on, that they've, they've rationalized themselves out of, they've made excuses for, they've whatever the, the, the thing might be that is stopping you. There's hey, something that you want to do. I just thought of some, while you were talking, Sloan, wouldn't it be fabulous if out of the thousands of listeners that you have, you would get a few thousand remarks of people reporting how they decided to do something this week and actually did it and carried it through to yeah. full thing. Yes, that, that would be 100%. And that's what I want to challenge every single person listening today. 
What is your action? What are you going to do? What are you going to do differently? What are you going to, you're going to finally allow yourself to do? Because that was the other part for me. I felt like I, wow, I allowed myself to do this. And um, we'd love to hear from you. We would love to hear your comments. You, like I said, you can email us, you can comment on our social media, but this action part, this is how, if everybody took action in the direction that they wanted something, think how different our lives would be, right? We would all be yeah. living completely different lives. We would get out of this little time. I always call it like wrapped up tight in our little box, right? We've, we've got the, the rope around us so tight and we're so tightly wound. We don't, we need that expansion and that freedom and taking action on what, what it is that you want. That's how you get there. That is how you get there. Yeah. You don't get there by sitting at home, um, theorizing about it or doing another self-help course. Yes. I want to give some thoughts on that. When you're thinking of, okay, you can choose a certain action by which you, that you can choose to do then by which you can prove this to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So any action, it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be world shaking because our mind often does that. They try to think of something so world shaking that it ends up nothing. Yes. Because mm -hmm. I can't think of anything. Right. Right, right, no, right. Something very simple, but meaningful, not something yes. completely meaningless, something meaningful. And it doesn't have to be super big. Right. But something that you can do and choose to do and then carry through being aware of yourself throughout. That's all. Yes. And then take take stock, let's say maybe every every evening or so. And then by the end of the week, and let us know about it. But yes. for yourself, most of all, take stock and then acknowledge yourself for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is very important that you acknowledge yourself for your positive actions. Yes. Because the 99% of people are habituated to having, you know how that internal voice is always going on. It's like a, I do. You call it a tape going on inside. Yeah, of you. Yes. Mm -hmm. No longer the case, but now it's a through the internet or so. You, you have an internet inside of you. <laughs> right. Yes. 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 And it's usually critical. Yes. And it usually limits you and 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 belittles you and so on. Now, so you acknowledge that you have chosen to do something and you've actually done what you have determined to do. That's yes. a great booster to get you on the path of living in this empowered way. Yes, and what I found also is that that's the momentum that starts you because once you do the one thing, it's easier to right. do the next and the next. It's that momentum that starts to carry you forward. Right, and, and take note of how pleasurable that is. Yes. How it boosts your self-confidence and your self-respect. Yes. Maybe eventually you'll accept yourself unconditionally. Yes. That's you know, that, that is, and I want to go back. I have a note here. I wanted to read one of your pearls of wisdom. Um, this is back from May 10th. And if you're not familiar with Earhart's pearls of wisdom, you can sign up on his website, which I'll link to in the show notes, but he sends out pearls of wisdom every week, little, very short, but very concise little bits of information that I find very helpful. And so this one said, for some, it requires discipline to stop hurting themselves. Give yourself the required attentiveness to enjoy treating yourself with care, respect, and love. Yeah. I so thought that fit very well with what we're talking about. 
Yes, yes. But you see how easy it is to dismiss even the first part that it takes discipline to stop hurting yourself. Yeah. Oh, not me, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you may be in the habit of hurting yourself in subtle ways that yes. you're not even aware of. Yes. Oh, people say, oh, it's subtle though. It doesn't really matter because it, it's not hitting me over the head. But it's the subtle stuff that goes in so deep. It goes into your very fibers, you know? And, I do and, know. Mm -hmm. And has its effects there, you know? Yes. Um, so be aware of the fact that you, like many, the majority of people have a tendency to, to perpetrate hurtful ways upon themselves. They're yes. often ways of thinking about themselves, way of criticizing, way of demeaning themselves, not giving themselves credit, not giving themselves attention. These are all ways of hurting yourself. And there, I bet you, you could probably come up with many, many more. Yes. And those, to me, those subtle ways we hurt ourselves are like chipping away at us. They chip away at our very yes. being and all these parts of us. And that very, is yes. more it's, it, because that happens so gradually over time, you don't even notice it. And then you find yourself in this place of whatever despair you might be in. And it's like, well, how did I get here? Well, maybe yeah, it wasn't yeah. one event, but it was 5,000 little chips away at yourself. And it wasn't the outer circumstances and conditions. Right. It wasn't because your husband or wife left you. It wasn't because your neighbor said something negative about you. It wasn't because you don't have enough money or you, you're not pretty enough or this or that or this or that. It's what you've been doing to yourself yes. subtly. <laughs> yes. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Um, well, as usual, our conversations go very fast and we're coming up on the end of our time. No, um, I know. So no. before we close out today, we've talked about a lot of things. So we, we started out the conversation talking about one of our, our listeners sent a comment um, from our episode on resistances. So we talked a lot about, and this particular one was on, on pain and disassociation. And so we've talked through that. And um, again, I want to encourage everyone listening questions, comments, please send them to us via email or via our social media. Um, and, but then we also got into the, the real topic today of creating what you speak, which obviously is the title of the show. And I'll, I'll give my closing thoughts and Earhart, I'll turn it over to you for your closing thoughts. Um, to me, creating what you speak in, in my intent for the show was taking the thoughts and putting them into action, putting them into, um, again, as I've said several times, but I don't know how else to say it in a better way. No more theorizing, no more constantly living in self-help, waiting for your life to begin. That was one thing fantasizing, I felt. it's called. Fantasizing. Yes, fantasizing. For, and yes, that's the best way to describe it. And when I, for me, I always, I felt like when I was going through that, that I was living my life on the sidelines. Like I was watching everybody else live theirs. Yeah, but my, yeah. I was on the sidelines. Good. So yeah. the action is key. The action is key. And it's, it's, I'll just share from my own experience. Um, it's not as scary as it seems. You don't have to start out with these um, major, huge things. You can start out with small, meaningful things to you and work your way up. But I think you'll find once you start and do these small incremental things that are meaningful to you, that you'll build the momentum that is going to make it easier for you to continue to do these things and take action on the things that are important for you. So um, that, let me just insert this. So that eventually that's your way of being. Yes, you will automatically yes. 
live those, express those things that you know through your life, through your actions. Yes, and I will say, I have had times where it, that is my state of being. It continues to grow as I grow, but that that became my state of being. And I'll find sometimes I'll talk to people who are not in that space, like maybe old friends that I haven't talked to for a while or um, whoever it might be. And I find myself looking back at the old way that I used to be, but then also I think, oh, wow, that person is still there. That's where they are there. That's, that's still where they are. And I look and I see how far I've come. And again, another moment of being proud of yourself, because you will experience that as you go through this and you, uh, it becomes who you are. It just becomes who you are. You will, um, you'll experiencing, you'll experience these changes. And it's important to recognize that as you see that in right. yourself. Right. That's, that's, that's very true and, and a very important point that it is important to recognize, to acknowledge it, to give yourself credit for it. Yeah, yes. You know, since you're always talking to yourself, you might as well start talking kindly to yourself. <laughs> right, exactly. Positively. Yes. You know, who wants to build up more negativity by its repetition? I don't. Right? <laughs> Not me. I had many years of that and I'm, I'm over that. So what are your closing thoughts for today, Erhard? Take action. Yeah. <laughs> so it occurs to me, look, this is recorded, right? Yes. And there, we will have some people listening to this who really take this seriously because mm -hmm. they recognize this has to do with my very fulfillment, my fulfillment in life my fulfillment of the reason why I am alive, why I'm in this right. life as a human being. I want to fulfill this. They have a sense that there is an importance to their life and to their being. Yes. So you have this recorded. When if, if something is said that really got hold of you, listen to it again and then stop for a moment, you know, stop the recording and and sit with that for a few moments. Let it be embedded in you. Let it be impressed and thereby have the energy inside of you to contribute to your life in your actions. Yes, totally agree. Um, again, Dr. Erhard Vogel has been my guest this week. He is the author of A Dialogue with Death, The Teacher of Life, An Ancient Story for the Modern World. Erhard, again, thank you for joining us this week. We look forward to the next conversation. It's been wonderful to be with you, Sloan. You've been listening to the Create What You Speak podcast brought to you by webtalkradio.net. You can also hear the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and your favorite podcasting platform. I'm Sloan Fremont, and I hope you'll join us for the next episode of the Create What You Speak podcast, where we will continue to free our minds, expand our consciousness, and untangle those thoughts and patterns that keep us from living the life we desire. Check out my website, sloanfremont.com, to learn more.